Court is now in session with Carney Bulldog Hoops, and it's time for the Coach Stegman Show. And now, here's your host, Andy Martin and Coach Kirk Stegman. All right, thanks and welcome to the Coach Stegman Show. This is Andy Martins, and with me is producer engineer Brian Watts and Coach Stegman. This uh, is the first show of 2019. Happy New Year, Coach. How was your holiday? Oh, it was really good. Yes. Uh, how about yourself? It was good. good. Uh, I good. worked I worked most of it, <laughs> but uh, was able to, to let loose and have a little bit of fun. Yes. Uh, had yes. some family, family uh, tournaments and volleyball things, and uh, we had a good time. So. Cool. Were you able to get your mind off of basketball for a couple of days? <laughs> well, you know, um, we had some practices over the break, but um, it was good to get a couple of days away. I got a nine-month-old at home and a um, couple uh, stepkids as well, so we're we're staying busy. But you know, it's it's hard for me to not think about basketball for more than twenty-four hours. Well, we are in the middle of the season, and <laughs> yeah, uh, the season doesn't stop just because you're out of school, right? Yes, I yes, mean, you, absolutely. You have some tournaments that we played in, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but. Um, do you uh you ever make uh, New Year's resolutions? Are you a resolution um, guy? You know, I used to, but not too much anymore because sometimes they don't really stand too long, and you just try to you know keep moving forward and being positive and being productive and a good member of society. There you go, being thing. a good human. That's what we say at my there house. It is. We want you to go out today and be as good a human as you can possibly be. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, let's talk about the team a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If if you had to make a New Year's resolution for the Carney Boys basketball team, mm-hmm. what would it be for 2019? Um, I think just, you know, the path we're on, you know, the kids have been playing well. Um, we, we have some kids that, you know, have been playing a lot of minutes and, you know, we have some kids coming along and I think they're going to get opportunities. I think just moving forward and building off what we've done so far. All right. Looking back on the end of 2018, we mm-hmm. had the Jewel Classic. Yep. Um, didn't quite go the way that we wanted to, but the, the team played really hard, and we've, we've talked a little bit about that in mm-hmm. previous uh, shows and, and episodes, but uh, we've lost two games in a row. Yep. How has the team responded so far in practice to uh, to get you off of this losing streak? I, th- I think they've done really well. Um, we've continued to push them, and you know, we stress conditioning and staying in shape and working hard and you know, understanding what we're trying to do offensively and defensively. And you know, we, we've had opportunities, you know, going back, we watched the film of both those games and, you know, there's plays here and there, especially in the Park Hill game. I mean, we were up the whole game and they, the guys just got tired. And that's one of my biggest things is, you know, no matter how many guys deep we play, you got to be in shape. You know, if we're playing six guys, we're playing 10 guys, eight guys, you know, it doesn't matter. You got to be in shape. There's no excuses. So that's something we're continuing to work towards. Well, you know, and that's, that's harder to execute than it is to say, Absolutely. as we all know. And Absolutely. You being in a position of being a coach, you can remember mm-hmm. what it was like as a player. Oh, yeah. Um, thinking, I don't have anything left. <laughs> Where am I going to pull something from yep. in this last, you know, four or five minutes of this yep. game? And somewhere along the way in your basketball career, mm-hmm. you either find it or you don't find it. Yep. What was your experience when you did finally get to that, that gear where you knew you could save a little bit? To finish the game. Well, when think, did that happen? For I you? think um, you know I got a, I got to play a lot of varsity as a sophomore and junior, and it was a situation where you know I'd get tired, and uh, our coach and Platte County always stressed you know conditioning, getting yourself in shape, and you can't just do it during basketball season. It's an all year round thing, and I was playing basketball in the summer, and the fall, and the spring, and you know especially for my senior year, knowing what it's what it's going to take to play thirty two minutes on both ends of the floor, just getting myself mentally, physically prepared. 
do you think there's a uh, and and I don't want you to to give away any secrets mm-hmm. here, but um, do you think there's a a way to to take a playoff or at least to 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 make a play or to to go through a series of plays mm-hmm. at 70 percent, or is it all out, all or nothing, all the well, time? Well, I mean, we stress all out all the time, but at the same time, you know, if if you're two passes away and you, if, if as long as you're in the right spots, you know, if you're in help defense and the pass is made and you can get there and you take a charge or get a steal, that's what we want to be. But I mean, there's times, you know, if a play is running away from you, you always want to be moving on the offensive end, but you can catch your breath a little bit. And the 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 type of pace we try to dictate. Is, is one a little bit slower where we're not sprinting up and down where we have 400 possessions in a basketball game. We want to value every possession. We want to dictate the tempo by you know playing in the 40s and 50s usually. Um, so I, I think that helps the kids a little bit and we use our timeouts wisely and as much as possible. But um, I'm, I'm excited that you know the kids have been working really hard. And like I said, I think that we can stretch out you know playing more than six or seven now. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I think it also depends on what position you're playing. For sure. I mean, look at Aaron Hoffman in that yep. Park Hill game. Yep. I mean, he was giving absolutely everything he could. Yep. He's he's got to battle ten times harder on offense yep. to get a shot. Yep. Because he knows there's a guy that's easily three to four to six inches taller than him mm-hmm. potentially that is, if not, you know, on top of him already, yep. going to be there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so not only does he have to fight offensively. He's got to fight defensively because he's got to try and keep that same guy from, yes. from getting his bucket. Just as much defensively. I mean, I was really proud of him. You know, he probably didn't have the game he wanted to have. But overall, man, you know, we, t- we tell the kids all the time, if you give us everything you have on the floor and you are exhausted by the end of the game, we're never going to be too upset with you. you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, okay, well, speaking of losing streaks, mm-hmm. um, sports and, and in general, um, basketball, you've, you've heard of them. Uh, they're 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 out there. They're mm-hmm. superstitions. Yep. Um, to get off of a losing streak or to keep a winning streak going, uh-huh. there's all sorts of superstitions. Did mm-hmm. you have any superstitions as a player? Do you have any as a coach? I think I think when I played, I think we all have routines that we kind of go through, and it kind of helps you get you mentally prepared and physically prepared as well. I think as a coach now, I, there's no um, sacrifice for hard work. You know, we get in the gym. There was multiple times over the break we had practice and then kept the gym open an extra 45 minutes for kids to get shots up. And just, I think, you know, all the hard work will pay off. You know, not, it might not show up in December, but I'm a believer when you, when you work your butt off all year, sometimes those jump shots will start falling in March. So you didn't like eat a chicken every <laughs> no. pregame or uh, made sure you didn't Sometimes step subway, on a certain subway, line? We had a subway we'd eat and coaches, we go usually go up to either Jimmy John's or, or Subway and get a sub and try to eat a little bit lighter. You know, sometimes it's tough with the hospitality rooms and the tournaments, you know, try, <laughs> a lot of junk food in yes, there. They have like tacos and Nachos. barbecue and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Some of the coaches, I know one of the assistant coaches, I'm not going to call him out, but he ate too much and he was sitting on the bench this year and he's like, man, I'm, I do not feel good. So halftime can't get here soon enough, <laughs> yes, right? I yes. need, I need a break. Yes. Do you know if the, if the kids on the team have any particular superstitions? Um, Are you, you know what? Not, not too much. I mean, I try to keep them, you know, let them be on their own. I know we have like a tailgater where they listen to music and they have certain songs they want to listen to and things like that. And, you know, they have some rituals before games, like the handshakes and, you know, they, they dive on the floor and I'm not sure what they say in the huddles and stuff. But, um, I think that's, you know, mostly they've learned from the other teams, the final four team a couple of years ago, kind of started it. And now it's kind of just trickled down to these groups. So I know when I played, um, 
it was it was a little more difficult to get the uh the music you know mm-hmm. on the bus but we all had our walkmans you know whether it was the <laughs> yeah. tape deck or the cd player and the headphones yes. uh, we all had that sort of thing yes and um i got exposed to a couple of different things uh in high school playing basketball on road trips especially on the bus mm-hmm. rap music there you go i learned a whole lot about rap music yes and i learned some some of my favorite artists at that time and also uh, classic rock. It was weird how, you know, we had those two sides almost a good mixture, right? fighting one another. So yeah. there was a good mix. And I could sing a little bit in high school. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the other things I did in high school. So when the guys found out I could sing, uh-huh. then it became, what song can we make Andy sing there you go. or rap on the way to the, to the, to the opponent's, you know, gym? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of our superstition. Hey, whatever time. it takes though, right? Yeah. yeah. So, all right, I have some interesting... Uh, um, NBA superstitions here okay. that, that I found. I wanted I wanted to talk to him, talk to you a little bit about those. Okay, Michael Jordan, uh-huh. arguably the best player in the history of basketball, for sure. Right? Yep. In nineteen, what was it? Eighty, eighty four. Mm-hmm. North Carolina won the national championship. Mm-hmm. Every NBA game that Michael Jordan played, mm-hmm. which was a lot of them, I have them here. Um, he wore his North Carolina practice shorts underneath. <sighs> His game jersey shorts for every NBA game he played, which was over 15 years, 1,072 games. <laughs> the same ones? The same practice wow. shorts. Yeah. How did those things stay together I, you know what? for you, that long and that many games? You said that was 84. You know, his last year was 97, 98. I can imagine they were probably worn down by then. Right. I wonder if he, he was able to put them in like a, a shadow box or if... If he just burned, do you have at some actually? Point. D- did he wear them when he came back with the Wizards too? That's a great question. <laughs> you know, yeah, because that was in the two thousands. I mean, maybe he held on to those. I'm sure he did. I don't know. But he busted those out, and you know, if they're blue, you know, with like the Wizards and the Bulls, they were white shorts. Yeah, you'd think. You know, but maybe he wore them. I don't know. Well, <laughs> and a lot of people said that he started the trend of the longer shorts. Yes, because you did. know how it's kind yep. of regressing now yes. to where the shorter shorts are kind of coming yes. back into style now. Oh, for sure, it drives but, me nuts, but man. Be- <laughs> But because of his practice shorts underneath his game jersey shorts, uh, he had to wear longer. I, th- I think I think you're correct with that. He started wearing the longer ones, and then I know the the group that really set the trend was the Fab Five. You know, Michigan. Yes. And they kind of saw Jordan started wearing them, and then they said, "Screw it, we're going to wear them real, really big, really shorts. long." Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were fun to watch. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Karan Butler. Mm-hmm. Since high school, he would drink half of a two liter of Mountain Dew pregame. That's half of a two liter. <laughs> Then at halftime, he'd finish it off. He'd drink the other liter of a two liter of Mountain Dew. That's a lot of sugar. Yeah, he did that until the Wizards signed him. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, we don't think that's really nutritionally uh, has any value for you. So they banned it. And I think it was shortly after that that his career (laughs) went in the tank. Mountain Dew, man. Superstitions. You know, if it works for you, you know, do it. Jason Terry, Mm -hmm. another NBA star. Yeah. Had to sleep in his opponent's game shorts the night before he played them. Actual huh. game worn shorts. So yeah. a, the NBA they play a lot of games. Absolutely, they go through a long season. Yeah, thirty many, teams. Yeah, how many different uh, equipment managers do you have to pay? I, probably a lot. I mean, whoever their manager was had to do a, a lot of work. You know, and, making sure that not only did, he must have had to pack all thirty pairs of shorts well a long road trip yes yeah you're gonna have to pack several shorts i mean you're you're gonna have to take two suitcases one for just your opponent's shorts so that was kind of a weird thing um and we all know about lebron james Mm -hmm. he has his uh you know chalk hands in the chalk when he goes to the scorer's table he throws Throws the chalk up up in the air and claps which apparently he stole from kevin garnett yep um but lebron i know you were talking about the kids having Mm -hmm. handshakes Mm -hmm. he has a secret handshake 
with every team member that he must perform before, before tip-off. That's impressive. So he's been on the Cavs twice, yep. Yep. the Heat, yep. and now the Lakers. That's, that's a lot of teammates. That's a lot. That, that I wonder, you know, put <laughs> How many all, times he's repeated those? I wonder if you put all of his teammates in a line, if he can remember every handshake. I bet he probably could. The so? guy's pretty bright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. But, you know, I mean, you got to... There's a lot of time that you got to expend. I, I really like without I, to, to me. It's always little things. I like the handshakes. I mean, that's something you have. Is that it's a team thing, and you know, I would. I have no problem with that if our players did that. So, I well, mean, it helps loosen you up. Absolutely, you know. And it, I mean, for? if you're on the NBA and you're the 15th player, and LeBron James has a handshake with you, you probably feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. Bill, yeah, I have a special handshake with LeBron. Who <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yes, never wash my hands again. <laughs> uh, a couple more. Bill Russell, one mm-hmm. of the. Arguably one of the biggest, uh, greatest big men in the history of sport. One, I think, nine, nine or ten NBA I think, championships. I think he had with the nine, and then like two as a player coach. I mean, he, right. the, the biggest winner of all time. Yeah, threw up before every I think, game. I remember hearing that. That's vomit. That's probably not great for you either. But. <laughs> no, it's not. But like once again, if it works for you, apparently Red Arbach, yes, one of you know his his main coach throughout his playing career, mm-hmm. would hold up a game if yes. he had not. Gone into the bathroom Rituals, and heard the man. retching of Bill Russell Ritual, in the bathroom Rituals. before the game started. So yeah, uh, just like the uh, the Bud Light commercial, it's only weird if it doesn't work, right? <laughs> yes. All right, so let's get back to um, to a little bit of uh, of pregame and mm-hmm. and what you do as a coach. Uh-huh. Um, I want you to take me through and take us through your game prep on a, on a regular week. Whether mm-hmm. it's you know you you got several days to prepare mm-hmm. um, your staff. And how they scout the video, the film that you watch, mm-hmm. uh, the previous game um, to the next team, um, and how you work on things with gotcha. the team in practice. Take me through that. Oh, the the first thing is we always try to watch and prepare. You know our our t- our team, our players. You know to make sure that they know the plays, and you know we try to adjust throughout the season. We'll add plays here and there, so we make sure that we're on point as a team. Um, Coach Funk does a great job with scouting reports. And um, he, he kind of puts those together. So we'll watch some film of, you know, what we, we don't learn every play of the other team, but just tendencies, you know, like if number 23 is right handed and he likes to drive, you know, drive right. We've got to make sure that the kids understand, hey, this is what he likes to do, because if you if you sit there and you try to learn 25 plays, it's never going to work. I mean. There's there's been a couple times where we've done that in playoffs and districts and in sectionals and stuff like that where we know every single play and every single tendency of the guys you know kind of the more important games we'll make sure that we're on point with that but you know in a, a week like this you know we have three three games in um, four days or something like that so we pretty much prepare we try to take it just one game at a time with um, the team we're playing. We don't have a lot on them, so we're more focused on ourselves. And, you know, we, we, we've we lost our last two games, and we're trying to get back on the winning winning side here. And I, like I said, I think we've had one of the best weeks of practice we've had all year, and I'm excited to get out and uh, uh, get after these guys tonight. There is there is always a, a period in, in a season. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always ups and downs, yep. and you're going to have those. But there's a period in the season where the team – just kind of clicks, whether yep. it be in practice or mm-hmm. whether it be in a game, yep. and and it remains consistent. Yep. You know, barring any sort of big setbacks that that you might mm-hmm. suffer, um, and even then, sometimes you know when other guys step up, yep. because they have been so involved in practice, mm-hmm. they they're ready for that. Yep. Um, how close do you think 
we are to that point in this season for your. I, I think we're spot. getting there definitely. It, it reminds me of the last couple of years. I know a couple of years ago, the Final Four year, um, we were about five hundred at this time, and we ended up going thirteen and one in January and February, and we were playing really well. And you know, it's it's going to be a little bit tougher to do that with this team, but you know, I have a lot of faith in them. I know we're on the right track. You know, kids are stepping up. This is where. This is where as a coach, too, sometimes when you lose games, you're going to learn a lot more. You know, if you play a close game and it's not your best game, but you win, you don't go back and look about the things you did wrong. You know, the last couple of games, we've, we've, we definitely have some things we need to continue to, to adjust and get better at. And when you lose, especially early in the season in, in basketball, I think sometimes it's a good thing because you learn a lot more from the losses. You know, you don't want to make the, these mistakes in March where it ends your season. So if you have these losses, you know, Park Hill, we ran out of gas and ran out of steam. And, you know, we, we made one two-point in the last three quarters. We didn't attack the rim enough because we were too tired. Mm-hmm. We settled for jump shots. We were 13 for 27 from three, which right. is pretty good. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I mean, you're going to have to get some easy buckets somewhere. And, and, and that, like I said, the guys coming along, you know, Jacob Stevens is coming back soon. And we have a, a, a freshman that's playing pretty well. And, you know, I'm just excited that the seniors have stepped up and worked really hard. And they kind of know they've been through the last couple of years what it's going to take for us to be successful. And, and, and I'm excited where we're at. Well, I don't know if, uh, if any of you all out there are on Twitter, but if you follow, if you're on Twitter, um, give at Carney Hoops a follow uh, <laughs> because they not only talk about, what's going on with the varsity club, but mm-hmm. the entire basketball program as a whole. And you'll see a hashtag uh, on Twitter for the team and it's hashtag TNT. Yes. And I, and I believe if I'm correct, it stands for takes no talent. Takes no talent. Yes. Can you, can you give us a little bit of an explanation on why you chose that for this oh, year? For you this know, team? just looking at it. I mean, in, in the game of basketball, you know, it always comes down to a couple plays and, you know, it takes no talent to show up 20 minutes early in practice and get extra shots up. It takes no talent to get on the floor. It takes no talent to take a charge. It takes no talent to have a lot of energy. And those little things will always, there, there are no little things in basketball. So those things will get you over the top. And it's something we're continuing to work on. And to, to me, that motto it's kind of been like that the last couple of years. Two years ago, it was compete. Last year, it was toughness. This year, it takes no talent. At Carney, what we're always trying to do is we'll we'll be there by the end of the year, X's and O's. We just need the energy and the effort and the toughness and the heart. Once we get that, we're going to be in pretty good shape. That's good. I kind of wish there was Twitter around back when I was in high school <laughs> yes. because uh, I ran out of talent pretty quickly. <laughs> and if I would have been able to... Uh, to to have that motivation, Mm -hmm. I think think it might have served me pretty well. For sure. Hey, we're going to take a break here on the Coach Stegman Show. When we come back, we're going to preview the Kearney Classic, which is the 52nd annual tournament for the the boys here in Kearney. So we'll be right back on 102.7 KPG. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on the Coach Stegman Show. We're here with Coach Kirk Stegman, and we're talking basketball, specifically the 52nd annual Carney Classic, which began in 1967. I was not alive then. I don't think anybody in this room was alive then, but the boys have been playing since 1967 here in, in Kearney, Missouri, the Carney Classic, uh, just after the first of the year. Uh, if you want to check the bracket, because this episode is going to air on Thursday at noon, 
the boys and girls will have already played um, at least one, well, one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the girls will have played two games. If you want to check the bracket, uh, this the bracket is on the school's website, khs.ksdr1.net. Or like I said in the uh, last segment, if you follow either the Carney girls team or the Carney boys team on Twitter, it's at Carney Hoops. And what's the girls' Twitter handle? Can you can you remember uh, offhand? Man, I know it's Carney Girls Basketball. Okay, uh, search for Carney Girls Basketball somewhere <laughs> yes. on Twitter, and I think you'll find it. Yes, but it'll um, pop up. I did a little bit of research and looked at, watched some video of last year's championship game mm-hmm. against North Kansas City, which our boys were in. Yep. And at that point in the season, before the tournament started, you were five and five going into the Carney Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won both your first two round tournament games mm-hmm. against Excelsior and Fort Osage. Yep. Lost to North Kansas City in the championship by 15 points. Mm-hmm. Northtown Class 5 school, yep. correct? Yep. They are, I believe, ranked in the top 10 again in the city, and yep. I think they were last year. They also had a player by the name of Dang Bowl, yes. who is now playing for uh, Cowley mm-hmm. Community College in Hutch, averaging eight points as a freshman. Um, I think he's also the statistical leader in a couple of other areas mm-hmm. for their team. Um, how would you compare last year's team, Carney's team, mm-hmm. with this year's team going into this tournament? Because you're, the records are fairly close. You're four and six. Yep. The one close loss that you had in the Liberty North tournament Saint against St. Joe Central, yep. which that kid, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but the kid that hit the threes from the same spot in regulation to tie it, yes. to send it overtime, and then to win it. Yes. Um, was just, were just daggers was for, pain, for your Still team. painful. Right. So <laughs> that that was a W until the last second of for overtime. Sure. For sure. So the team records are fairly close. How mm-hmm. would you compare last year's team to this year's team? Well, I, I think uh, last year's team, we had we were more uh, big-oriented. We had some guys that we could throw the ball inside to uh, consistently, and we had some more size and length. Um, this year, we, we have some, we, we're, we're more guard-oriented, and... Um, I, to me, they're still similar teams. I mean, we still want to play the same style. We adjust offensively what we're trying to do a little bit. You know, we still want to play inside out and we're shooting a little bit more threes this year than we did last year. But, um, hopefully we can kind of get back to getting the ball inside and, and finishing and then playing inside out. So the, to me, they're similar, you know, we, we're missing a couple key players from last year. Um, but I mean, that's like any team every year. So sure. Absolutely. You can't always have guys step up yeah a season later mm-hmm. and and do you know replicate what yep. an, an upperclassman had yep. done before that unless you just have a wealth of talent and mm-hmm. you got guys sitting on the bench that could start for other teams which yep. unfortunately this year we really don't have yeah so your first round matchup which will have been played by the time this airs mm-hmm. is de la salle mm-hmm. who is a charter school yeah how much do you know about Davis? You know what? Do you we, even know what their mascot is? I do not. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to find that out because <laughs> I can't say De La Salle 17 times yes. during the uh, broadcast of the game yes. without getting my tongue tied. So um, we've we've looked all over the place. Um, we've seen on Max Preps like they've played a couple games this year and lost, but um, you know we don't really have any. We couldn't find any film on them, and you know I I told our coaching staff and our players it's more about us right now. So we worry about you know what we can control. And we need to continue to get better, you know, limiting our turnovers, playing inside out, you know, playing aggressive on both ends of the floor. And I, I think if we can do that, we'll be all right. And I know historically that uh, the coaches will send you a roster yep. of, of the teams before the tournament. So you've at least had a chance to look at that, yep. however accurate that may be. Yeah. Do they have anybody that's I think a little size, some... nothing crazy, though. No. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about 
about our team going into mm-hmm. this tournament. Um, you're going to have to fill some pretty big shoes yep. because unfortunately Gavin Frizzell mm-hmm. is not going to be available for this tournament. Yep. He had an accident, uh, is in concussion protocol. Yep. First off, how's he doing? Uh, is he getting better? Has he been able to get out and do any walkthroughs at all in practice, or is he just on the shelf until you can reevaluate? Um, the first practice back, he was he was pretty out of it. You know, he's done a great job being there just physically. Um, the last practice, he did the ten minute jog, so he's slowly but surely coming back. Says he feels a little bit better, is able to sleep. That he couldn't sleep very well the first couple of days, so now he can sleep better and and hopefully, you know. The, the, the most important thing is his health and safety, and I want him to make sure that we follow all the, the MISHA, you know, seven-day symptom-free concussion protocol so he's okay and nothing happens like that. And um, he'll, pro- he'll be out for the tournament, but um, he's doing better. Yeah, and you got to trust Owen, the, Absolutely. Uh, the um, sports physical uh, mm-hmm. manager, to, uh, to keep his eye on that. Yeah, it, um, we have one of the best trainers in Missouri. He got Missouri Trainer of the Year in high school sports last year. He does a phenomenal job. I don't know how he does it because not only does he do every single high school sport, the junior high, the eighth and eighth grade, eighth, eighth graders, uh, coaches will call him if anybody gets banged up, and, and he does a great job for the boys' and girls' side. So he's working 24-7, I feel like. I can't imagine when he gets out of his car at the end of the evening that like 17 rolls of tape fall out. I'm sure. He crawls to the front door covered in, you know, the, the sticky stuff that yes. they put on before yes. they wrap your ankle. And yeah, the guy's, the guy's a saint, yes, honestly. Yeah. Um, so this is what you have to replicate with Gavin out. 26 minutes a game, mm-hmm. 14 points, which is close to one of the, the yep. team leaders. Second, I think. I think the biggest thing that you're going to have to replicate, that you're going to have to fill, is Gavin's defensive pressure. For sure. He leads the team in steals. Mm-hmm. He leads the team in uh, deflections. Yep. The guy is quick, yep. and he, he's a smart basketball player. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you find uh, a couple of guys off the bench to do yeah, that? Yeah, I think that's, that's the point. We're, we're not going to have one guy that's going to be able to replace him. He's, you know, first team all-conference last year, and he's on pace to do it again, and he's done a fantastic job taking care of the basketball for us and getting us in our offenses and playing well on the defensive end. So it, it's not going to be one guy to fill his spot. If we can find two or three guys that, you know, are willing to work their tails off and, you know, take care of the basketball. If one guy, I tell our guys all the time, if you take care of the basketball, if you play hard on defense and you know the plays, you're going to play. You know, so uh, our younger guys have done a great job, uh, you know, working hard and getting themselves an opportunity to, to get some minutes tonight. Good. Now we talked a little bit about Jacob Stevens uh, yep. previous. He's yep. he's still fighting a hand injury. Yep. How? What's his availability for the tournament? Yeah, um, you know what? He had he had his wisdom teeth pulled as well, so he's coming back from that too. So, um, I think that he just trying to get him work him in a little bit will be important. You know, he's missed so many practices, which is a killer, uh, just for conditioning wise. And you know, I'm a big believer, and you know, you got to practice to play. So, you know, we try to mix him in a little bit and. And, you know, kids are going to get opportunities. You know, Ashton Holloway, freshman, has done a really good job in practice. Uh, Cade Schwarzenbach has worked hard, junior, uh, big man for us. Uh, these guys are going to get opportunities. So uh, I'm excited for them. I know they're going to be nervous. We tell them all the time before the game, you know, you just do your job. You don't have to go out there and you don't have to score 15 points and do what Gavin did. Do what you do well. Play to your strengths. Do, you know, do your job for the team. And I know it's going to be probably game flow dependent, mm-hmm. but do you have a plan to get some of those younger guys in so they can 
kind of get their feet wet a little absolutely. bit early. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, so some, that's something we've they don't talked about as there. a staff. And, you know, we want to, especially in a tournament, three games in four days, we want to give these kids opportunities. I know they're going to be nervous, but get out there and play and have fun. And, you know, any time that we can give Brennan and Decker and Aaron Hoffman and Eli or six some minute, you know, they need yeah. a couple minutes off. So um, if we can spell them and, you know, like I said, in practice, they've been working really hard. So I have no doubt that we'll be able to do that a little bit more than we have in early in the season. And it's tough because, you know, with the schedule we've played, you can't have any possessions off. When you play Liberty North twice and Liberty and Park Hill and St. Joe Central and Fort Osage, I mean, it, I, usually you're going to go with guys that you trust. And not to say I don't trust the younger guys, but the older guys have really gained my trust. And now is an opportunity for us to get, to, uh, you know, more kids to play. So, And I'm kind of biased here but um, because I know him fairly well but how how's Drew Gentry developing he's as, doing a great job as a kind of a bigger guard yes honestly. yes he's a he's a sophomore guard it's slash forward and he's done a fantastic job he's worked really hard um the steps he's made from the beginning of the year to now he's he's done a fantastic job he's very coachable and I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to get some opportunities as well good he's a great kid absolutely look forward to absolutely. seeing him out on the court yep. And, and he's so excitable, too. I think he can be a spark plug. <laughs> For if sure. he gets a bucket, yes. honestly, if any one of those young kids gets a bucket <laughs> early... Um, that's going to be such an emotional yes. lift for the team. Yes. Um, when they may be having some, mm-hmm. just some doubts creep in there sure. about, you know, the health of the team and how, you know, how everybody's just shaping up. Yep. Yep. All right. So I was, uh, I was at your first practice back after, I think it was, yeah, after Christmas or after the first of the mm-hmm. year. And um, I overheard you talking to the team mm-hmm. close to the end of practice. Mm-hmm. And you were telling them that they had not worked hard enough to meet your expectations of them. Mm-hmm. So being a young coach, you mm-hmm. know, you've been a varsity coach for three years now. Yep, my and, third year. Um, I think total six to seven years probably yes. coaching yep. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, how how have you learned to best motivate a team? And I know every team's a little bit different, yep. but how have you learned best to motivate a team to reach the potential that you expect out of them, especially in practice, not mm-hmm. just in games, but in practice. I think I think practice is one of the biggest things because, you know, it's easier to show up in games and play hard and do that if you can consistently do that in practice. And that's what I was talking about to the kids. You know, I, we expect a lot out of these kids at Kearney. The, the one thing that when I first got here six years ago is you never underestimate a Kearney kid. They are, they, they're so capable. And, you know, when they work hard and give you everything they have, you know, for the two, two years – you know, I've been the head coach that those kids have given us everything they've had and it's reached the expectation. You know, I, I just think that there's a little bit more kids think they work hard, but they don't work as hard as they think they can. You know, it's, it's more mental than anything. And, you know, when the shot, I, I know that we need to, we have some young kids because when shots don't go in, they, they don't play as hard on the defensive end. They put their heads down and they're more worried about themselves. I think once we get through that, you know, if if you're not making jump shots, you better you better be playing defense really well because you're going to stay on the floor. That's the best way you're going to stay on the floor. So, my thing is, I, I have the highest expecta- expectations for these kids because I know what they're capable of, and we're we've been close, but we can get over the hump here. So good, okay. And I was thinking about too with Gavin, missing Gavin mm-hmm. that the defense is going to win you more games in this tournament Absolutely. than your offense. Absolutely. Will. I mean, your offense is, is pretty well set. Yep. You know, the guys that you're going to go to, mm-hmm. if you get an extra bucket here and there from somebody, yep. that's going to always help. But yep. if you can hold the other team down yep. um, to a, you know, somewhere in the thirties percentage wise, yep. you're going to be in most of these games. Mm-hmm. So do you have any, 
anything extra that you've put in uh, defensively scheme-wise, or is it going to be game flow dependent? Are you going to double the post more than you have? Are you going to go a little zone every once in a while to give the guys just a a little break depending on how the other team is shooting? What what we have added in was a a little bit of a 1-2-2 press. Um, two uh, three quarters court just to kind of mix it up a little bit and get you know sometimes you know high school kids will throw the ball away from time to time you know and and sometimes if our offense is struggling sometimes we go to the one two two to get a maybe a quick a quick steal and get an easy bucket you know it's amazing I told Brennan all the time Brennan Watkins all the time you know if his jump shots off it's amazing if you get to the free throw line if you get a layup and you see the ball go in the basket the next three is going to go in. So it's just one of those things where sometimes our offense is going to have to help our defense. And, you know, we always want to be sound. You know, this year, I, I believe we're, we're scoring 49 points a game. We're giving up 49 points a game. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty close. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, we, we need to start scoring in the 50, you know, mid-50s, 55 is our goal, and try to get it down to about 46, 47. And to this point in the season, to have that ratio of points with the types of teams that you've yep. played yep. With, with all the class five teams that you've played mm-hmm. that's that's impressive yeah I, I think that's really good i think i mean it shows too you know when you score 49 you give up 49 i mean we're four and six two possessions in the saint joe central game we're five and five in the fordo sage game the first game of the year we lost 49 40 or 49 46 two possessions there we're six and four instead of four and six Absolutely. that's how basketball works i mean and that, that's what we t- keep telling the kids you know you, you guys have done a good job but we can, you know, we clean up a couple things here and there. Our records six and four, seven and three, very easily. And like you said earlier, I think those losses will turn into wins. Yes. later on in the season. I, I'm I'm a big believer in that. All right. Well, we I've heard you talk a lot mm-hmm. in practice. Um, I want to know about the quiet one. I want to know about Coach Stars. <laughs> okay. I want to know what impact he has in practice in mm-hmm. games. I want to know what what his special sauce is for the team. How, how does he help you? Coach Starzel's fantastic. Like he, you know, with me myself and Coach Funk, there's not a lot of yelling you can do outside of us too because we like to get after the kids a lot. But um, Coach Starzel to me is the calm, collective type. He builds the kids up when they need it. I mean, we all build them up. You know, we 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 break them down to build them up and and things like that. And Coach Starzel's always the calm influence. You know, when I'm getting too high or getting too low, Coach Starzel's like we're fine you know and um what he's done with our bigs over the last couple years um on the final four team we had a big his name was hunter doan and early in the year he really struggled by the end of the year he was our second best player last year um jake hoffman you know had had some success early struggled in the middle and coach styles will work with him every day and he ended up being you know he scored 20 he averaged 25 points in the district championship and the sectional game combined he scored 25 in each game so um the influence he's had on our program i mean and the jv program i'm i'm a huge believer in the jv program has to win for the varsity program to win you know yeah. if your jv team goes 3 and 16 how is that going to translate to the varsity level and i know coach stars all the first year he was 17 and three. And then last year he was 14 and 11. You know, he does a fantastic job getting these kids prepared for the varsity level. So, I mean, what he's done for our program and then he's really good with technology stuff as well. You know, if I need a a Google doc, I'll shoot him a quick text or email and he hits it right back to me. And I mean, what's really cool about our staff is we don't have egos. You know, it takes, it takes all of us to, to, for this thing to work. And, and it, it's been a lot of fun to, to coach with your friends. It's always a lot better than just coworkers. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, I was wondering if it if it turns into a good cop bad cop thing with you <laughs> and uh, Coach Funk. Absolutely, with, uh, with we, Stars we, will come in and going. Coach, All right, let's. yes. Me and Coach Funk usually at halftime will kind of decide good cop bad cop. Sometimes we're bad cop bad cop. So. <laughs> Um, I, I really enjoy working with those guys. You know, they push me to be a better coach. I, I believe I push them to be better coaches as well. And and it, like I said, it's been it's been a really fun ride. You know, for when I got the position, I was 29 years old, and those guys were 24 and 25. And to be, to make a Final Four the first year and an Elite Eight the second year, I mean. I, I think that we have one of the better staffs in Missouri. I'm I'm biased, but well, I <laughs> I would totally agree too. I I remember watching Tyler play mm-hmm. specifically um, when I would come and watch games when he played here at Kearney, mm-hmm. and I was sweating by halftime <laughs> watching that guy play. Yes. Just his intensity, and he wasn't the leading scorer. No, he never. wasn't. You yep. know, the guy that you look to in uh, you know in last minute situations, mm-hmm. but he was always the guy who was getting the turnover or yes. getting the assist or pumping another player up and uh, and making his team better. So that's really what I think his... Well, I, I learned early with Coach Funk because he was, you know, was going to be my top assistant when I got the position. He took a lot of pride in, in defense. So I was like, you, you know what, man, you're going to have the reins on the defense. We'll talk and kind of figure out what we want to try to do. But, you know, in practices, 15, 20 minutes... Defense is yours, man. So awesome. he's done a fantastic job the last couple of years. I mean, like I said, it's it's not just myself. It's not just Coach Funk. It's not just Coach Starzl. We're all working together, and I, I feel like it's a really good group. And now I got Coach uh, Nick Matson as well, and he's from Maryville, and he's been really, really good. Is he a spoof hound, or is he from AmeriCat? What's funny is he both. Oh. He was from Kearney growing up. Okay. In sixth grade, he moved to Maryville. Hmm. And then he went to Northwest with Coach Starzl and Coach Funk. He didn't play basketball, but they were Full good circle. friends. Yeah. So he's been great, you know, bouncing ideas off him. And he's, you know, does our stats. And, I mean, he does a fantastic job as well. So he was a great addition to our staff. Okay. Well, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Coach Stegman Show. Remember, by the time this airs, we will have played a game against De La Salle and hopefully we'll be uh, chatting about a win. We want you to tune in if you can't show up at the game. The game uh, on Tuesday is uh, going to be at 5 o'clock, and the mm-hmm. game on Thursday will either be at 5 or at 6.30, depending on what happens. Um, Coach, good luck this week. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope the tournament goes well yes. on, in the first place, and I hope we also uh, represent Carneywell and you have a successful week. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming in. You can tune in once again, uh, 102.7 KPGZ on uh, game nights. You can also listen uh, on our website at www.1027fm.rocks, or you can listen on the TuneIn app. Just search for KPGZ. This has been the Coach Kirk Stegeman Show. I'm Andy Martins, and for Brian Watts, have a good afternoon. Good afternoon.